wellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. You're listening to A Quirky Journey, the healthy family podcast with your hosts, Joe Witten and Fuad Kassab. It's a beautiful spring afternoon. My family is not in the house. I'm on my own. There's peace and quiet. And to make things even better, I've got on the line with me my best friend, Joe Witten. G'day, Joe. G'day, Fufu. How's it going? Well, I'm going well. I'm hiding in a bedroom because my house is full of people. I have Katura here cooking away in the kitchen, which is lovely. I have my niece-to-be, Abby, cleaning out my spice drawer, which is awesome. You should see it. I'll have to send you a photo. And um, that's taken her probably two or three hours so far. So it's a big job. Uh, of course. Joe has this uh, <laughs> spice drawer, which has buckled under its own weight. <laughs> I actually cannot, <laughs> cannot take more spices. It's like, please, Joe, no more spice. <laughs> and then I have kids and dog and husband. So, yeah, it's, it's noisy at my house, so I'm hiding. Mm. Yeah, I've got um, serenity and peace and calm and uh, <laughs> just like a beautiful breeze flowing through the house and um, just yeah, that's very very similar to your life. Um, <laughs> hey, it's very it's very um, calm in this bedroom, and I'm looking out to a tree covered in flowers, so I'm happy. That's nice. Yeah, I, I actually went uh, and took photos in my neighbor's yeah. garden for her this morning. Um, because she wanted me, she wanted to send some photos to her kids in Canada, and she has yes. the most beautiful garden. So I've been out taking photos of flowers and chatting with the neighbor, and had a couple with another neighbor, and cooking with the girls. So I've had a lovely day. Wow, sounds like you got a lot of work done today, Joe. Well, you know, I also developed a recipe, <laughs> <laughs> which didn't uh, work too well. So I'm yeah. on to trial number two. But Joe hey, and I don't have your typical business day. No, it's not we don't, do we? At all. <laughs> Yay. So we just uh, do whatever we need. Like I, I end up going to the chiropractor today, and then I, um, my wife dragged me to this place that's uh, doing like a garage sale. It's the oldest house in my suburb, and the woman's moving out, and um, she had all these amazing antiques that she was selling for very little money, and I was like, so exciting. Yeah, and I just didn't want to go crazy, but at the same time, you wanted to go crazy. For the house, oh, uh, now to try to find a way to feng shui everything. Yeah, there you go, that. make it all fit yeah. perfect. Yeah, fine. We'll we'll enjoy that. Yeah, but I think that's how people create a mountain home. Like we brought all our uh, city stuff with us here, and uh, it's not like we don't have a, the furniture of a mountain home. No. And, realizing that bit by bit this is what happens you see like yes. people they're old stuff and you go i like that and you just put it in the house yeah. yeah yeah much much more homey looking then joe what's coming up for us um we're wow. in uh melbourne well in i'm in brisbane next week oh yeah yeah without you just, <laughs> well I, like i don't like people in brisbane they just hey, my, my brother lives there he's nice well he's the only person i know in brisbane i don't like him <laughs> oh you do so uh-huh. <laughs> um yes yeah, so i'll be there for two thermix classes the quirky yes. everyday classes and visiting my brother so that'll be fun and Wonderful. um yeah and then we have the melbourne trip and the Echuca, so two seminars in melbourne and one in Echuca. so um that's the first week of december the is that up on the site now? 
I can't remember. Uh, I'm not no, sure. No. Has it, have we confirmed the venue time and everything? Yeah, um, I think okay. it was supposed to go up last night, but maybe it'll be up by the time this podcast is out. So check yep. on our events page on the blog. Just go to the events tab at the top of the blog and um, you'll see the, the classes for Brisbane for February next year are also up ready to, for um, tickets to be bought. And then there's Melbourne... Um, so what is it? It's the 4th for Echuca and the 6th for Melbourne of December. So that'll be on the events page. Should be up by the time this podcast is out. Woohoo. Um, Echuca is your birthplace, Joe, isn't it? Yes, it is. That's oh, why right. most people are probably thinking, why in the world are you going to that one-horse town? <laughs> is it one-horse town? No, it? not really. Not these days. It was when I was born, but now it's, right. it's like quite touristy, I think, with the paddle steamers and the Murray River and everything. It's, it's beautiful. I heard there's a plaque that say, says he was, uh, he, Joe Whitten was born. <laughs> Quirky Joe was there. born here. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> I then don't they, think they so. go around, around the shrine, like on speed reverse. <laughs> well, you know, and, we're staying in a motel yeah. that was, oh. that's um, our house was where the motel is now built. Oh, no way. Yeah, my dad booked it because my mum and dad are coming too. Oh, so. thank God. I'm going to have to deal with all your like, yep, old, relatives, suppressed memories. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it was good memories. I know, but like we kind of just suppress the bad ones. That's why it's good memories. Oh, right, so right. you're going to go there and you're going to see something and go like, oh, my God, this is where, you know, that bloke <laughs> broke my heart or I don't know. No, no, oh, I, was, I was very little when we left Tachuca. I went <laughs> back when I was 16, though. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, so there's not a lot of memories for me there. Just it's just nice to, you know, go back to your roots and check yeah. check out the place where your family lived and hear all the stories and. Ah, oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Nothing oh. like connecting to your roots. Yeah. Well, you've just done that, okay. so been back yeah. home. Yeah, I did that for three and a half weeks. You're you're gonna do it in like a whirlwind two day trip. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's all right. That's do right. you know anyone there? Yeah, we've got friends there. So that'll be nice to see them. I'm going to see if any of them can come to the class. So once we get the link up, I'll send it off to them. Wonderful. Yeah. All right. Perfect. And mum and dad will make their guest appearance at our first seminar. Oh, they're coming. (laughs) Yeah, they're coming. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, They said they'll be a little bit late. So because they're driving uh, straight from Melbourne Airport. Awesome. I'm going to be nervous talking in front of you, Dad. He's such a good public speaker. I'm going to be like, oh, I better make sure that it's all good. I think you can You're amazing, Claude. I, I will. Yeah. You'll be fine. Oh, that's all right. I'm, I'm all right. You know, I my am, dad's like, he's I'm, I'm very proud of us. <laughs> you're going to be fine. I'll get your it's paper bag right. to breathe into. Yes. All right. So, we, like, we've been just talking about stuff that doesn't really matter at all. No. Or, it yeah, does to so. us. Um, but um, speaking of, um, you know, Christmas coming up. Um, oh, yes. That's that's coming up uh, upon us very very soon and very quick. Another year has passed. Mm. I have way more gray hairs this year, Joe, than uh, I had last year. Um, luckily, I do too. No, I do too. Yeah, the only reason I figured it out is I didn't shave my head for like two weeks. <laughs> My machine was broken, and then I looked at my temples, and they were all like silver. Yeah, I noticed that. You have? I did. Last time oh. I saw you, I saw that. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. It made, me feel, it made me feel better because, you know, I have gray hair that I try to hide a bit. I think you're giving me gray hair. I think you're but, giving me gray hair. Well, maybe it's a two-way street. Maybe it is. 
we don't mean it. <laughs> yeah, it's a one-way street. Um, <laughs> so cheeky. So um, we, we're expanding our online shop, and um, we want to add uh, a few products on the on the online shop at quirkycooking.com.au so that people could uh, easily access all this good stuff that we talk about. And one of the first products that we've added are the Solid Techniques pans. They're up on the website now. You can go to the link there, to to the website. Um, You go to the shop link and then from there, cookware, and you'll be able to see the skillets and the saucepan, the sauteuse pan, I mean, which is... uh, uh, right on the website now. We don't have the full range. We don't intend on keeping the full range, but just the stuff that um, are their best sellers. But if, if there is something that you want to buy in, let us know. We can put an order through for you. Because as usual, we offer you a 10% discount on uh, Solid Technics pans. Uh, you'll be able to use the coupon code 10QCP on our website to get 10% off. And shipping is only $10 for the first item and then $3 for uh, every other item. So if Which you haven't bought it. It's pretty amazing before, because those things are heavy. <laughs> very heavy. That's right. So it's uh, we're, we're taking a hit on the shipping anyway just to make things easier for everyone who's uh, yeah. buying. Um, we're not really trying to make this a, 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 <laughs> a big money maker for us. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to live off uh, Solid Technics pants sales, but it's just a a really good way to just add a little bit more of a, a variety to our product there. And it will allow us to uh, keep the website going, keep our costs down for the website with uh, these types of sales. So if you feel inclined to support us and support this podcast, please do so by going to the online shop and purchasing some Solid Technics pans or the cookbook. So if you haven't bought the cookbook yet, it's a great time to do it now mm. before Christmas. You can get a bunch of them for as Christmas presents. And then you can add the Solid Technics pans to that and save on shipping. And the 10QCP code will give you 10% off the Solid Technics pans range. Not of the cookbook, but the Solid Technics pans. So this is um, a really, really great way to support the show. And if you've been benefiting and you found that all these people that we interview are interesting and beneficial to you and to your family, then a great way to support us would be to uh, do so by supporting us through the purchase of a product on the website. And another way is some moral support for those of you who can't actually um, um, go through and uh, make these purchases. You don't have the budget for it. We'd love to hear from you. Send us an email to help at quirkycooking.com.au. Let us know what you uh, experienced from this website uh, and the blog and the podcast. And if you've benefited and whatever your health story is, we'd love to hear it because that kind of stuff keeps us motivated mm. as well to, to do this. So, did you see the did you see the email I, uh, the message I sent you this morning from a yes. reader was um, from a listener? Yes. Listening from her hospital bed and feeling so encouraged to keep going with what she's doing because she knows that it will help her to get better. And so that was great to hear. It's, um, I think, like the human body has this capacity to heal that is incredible. Mm. It's just it's incredibly capable of healing. And all we need is to crack its code. Yeah. And we know the formula for cracking that code, and it is to go back in line with the ways our ancestors lived, the ways our ancestors moved and ate and behaved and communicated with each other within small groups and uh, tribes and uh, villages. 
And uh, really, the only way back to health is to apply all these learnings from them and put that in, uh, in place for ourselves. So whatever the problem is, um, you're going to find that it's, if you, even if you need medication, the best thing to do is to go to a whole foods diet and a, a holistic lifestyle that is mimicking more of an ancestral lifestyle. And such a simple message show, isn't it? Yes, it really is. We were talking about it this morning while we were cleaning spice drawers and things. And um, Abby, who's my niece-to-be, is from Melbourne and, you know, living the city life. And she can't wait. To, she's getting married to my nephew and moving up here to a little town of, oh, goodness, probably like, 800 people <laughs> I don't know it's probably even smaller and she can't wait she said I just want to get back to like the simple life that we're supposed to be living and she said I just am you know learning more and more about this and it's it's the way that we should be living and that's what I want to do and it's good it's good to see young people um, starting to take it on as well it's great well, people- People are definitely um, sick of it. You yeah. know, sick it's kind of. Uh, I've been reading a lot recently about um, the education system and mm. uh, its origins and how it was basically used to create all these cogs in a machine that is meant to serve um, more and more consumption. And in addition to that, there was a lot of um, post-war, there was a lot of psychological uh, manipulation done onto us to consume more. Mm. And that uh, vicious cycle of work and consumption um, keeps everything going. So like you sort of need to work to consume. And when you consume, uh, you need to work. And it's just like it, it doesn't stop, you know. When, when you work, you feel so... Uh, unhappy with your work that you need to consume yeah so like this this way of living in a city which is putting those types of demands on you unless you figured out a way to crack that code and maybe be an artist there or some kind of creative person who's doing something that's deeply fulfilling to you it's just not going to be good Mm. for your uh, your well-being to live in that kind of system Mm. and it really this this kind of way of life and this this system of education isn't geared towards making people um, better individuals, but to homogenize us and allow us to work within the existing system. And I think we're just tired of that. We just want to go back to the way things were, where like things were simple and we didn't have all these um, concerns. But at the same time, make use of these scientific advances that we've come to, you know, with the medicine and um, transportation, but move towards more of that kind of sustainable way of living as well and not Mm. damage the planet at the same time. I think that that calls for um, people to move back to small communities and to to live in that way. Do some gardening and grow some of your own food and share, like we were talking about, um, you know, when you move to a small town, you often get more involved in your community. Not always. Some people, you know, it just depends on their personality, I guess. But, um, you know, everyone grows things. And I find in a small community you swap food of what you have, you know, a lot of. Like my neighbour came over today and brought me a carton of eggs from her chooks and she wouldn't let me pay her. You know, she's like, no, no, I've got heaps at the moment. Anytime you want some, just let me know because they're just free-range chooks. And 
have some eggs, you know, Um, and another neighbor comes over and brings you some flowers out of the garden. Another neighbor comes over and brings you some oranges. And it's just that lovely community sort of, you know, we take a meal over to our neighbor who's not well and that kind of thing. I love it. So this is this is a well-known and documented type of economy known mm. as the gift economy. Yeah. And it's a it's a very different one. So the gift economy works on reciprocity mm. rather than money. Like the money is seems to be the middleman that we now go to and instead of it sort of being a means to the end it has become the end for most people like we want to make more of it. Yeah. Um but a gift economy doesn't allow you that kind of hoarding capability, like just mm. to hoard resource. And um, it's it dep- it's based on giving yeah. rather than receiving, which is a very different way of uh, thinking of living. and living. Yeah. yeah. And so, even, you know, just thinking again about our day to day. Like Abby came over, said, what can I do to help you today? Doesn't want to be paid, just wants to hang out. So she starts cleaning out my spice drawer and my husband goes over and checks out their car because the tire is flat and he changes the tire for them. You know, this is just everyone helping each other and that's how it should be. Isn't it the best? Yeah, it is. Yeah. So I don't know. I hope we move more and more towards that. And there are communities around the world that are springing up that are more conscious of this way of living. And, um, it's a very wide and colorful array of people. <laughs> so, yeah. the, you know, you could be anything from any type of person yeah. who, um, right. who believes in this. Whatever your political beliefs are and your yeah. spiritual beliefs are and whatever it is that you do, you can, we can all come so together. Somewhere we can connect. That's in it. And kindness and yeah, yeah. community. Yeah. How beautiful would that be? It would be. So. And, you know, instead of having all these things that are disposable, maybe a good way for us to move forward is to get things with more longevity. Yes. Things that will not break down and have to be replaced. Like, I'm disgusted with the fact that I have to buy clothes every three months now. Like, like I put my T-shirts in the wash. I don't know. Is this a recent thing? Yeah, because I I noticed the same thing. They get holes. They get holes, they get really stretchy. Yeah. That never used to happen. No. What's going on? What are you doing to clothes now? Making yeah. them disposable so quickly. Yeah. Uh, like, so I've been looking at, um, you know, buying higher quality clothes that last yeah. me longer or going to vintage shops and hmm. things like that, which is a problem <laughs> for me because I end up looking like a, like a hippie. Uh, no, no, you go into vintage shops and try on all the coats and take silly photos and stick them on Instagram. <laughs> and that was a like, well, that was a fun time. That was awesome fun. <laughs> so, uh, for those of you who don't know, I, I went to Newtown. Uh, Joe was visiting. We went to Newtown in Sydney. I went to this vintage shop and um, Joe he was He just had coffee, coffee, which he hadn't had for months, and I'm sure it made him a bit, yeah. like, crazy. Yeah. Did. <laughs> So that's fine, but I'll put on all these coats and Joe took a photo collage of me in all these coats. You can see it on my Instagram, <laughs> which is iFoodBlog. Go have a look. It's it was really funny. Down it. uh, <laughs> tell me which one you like the best. But it's, it's too warm for coats now. I might visit yeah. it again and see what else they've got. Yeah, there you go. You'll but, have to try um, on definitely all the hats Even when I something. put those on, Joe, like, it felt that those things made back in the 60s or 70s, well, I don't know when they were made. Yeah. They were well made. They're they still were good. quality. They're 
But no, I can't believe it. You, you, won't, know, you won't probably find clothes made today in a vintage shop, you know, 20, 30, 40 years down the track, unless way. it's the it's really good expensive stuff, not the Kmart stuff. Sorry, yeah. I shouldn't say brand names. Why not? <laughs> can't you say brand names? Well, we, we talk about that in this podcast, don't we? Yes. Yes. I think, you know, um, this podcast, what I like about it, Joe, is yeah. I, w- I want it to be free for expression. Like, I yeah. want this podcast to be, um, we don't want to censor anyone's thoughts or beliefs or anything like that, yeah. as long as it's not offensive or, yeah. um, you know, directed, directing hatred towards anyone. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> no, if, if, they, uh, if they have truth behind them or at least truth in a personal experience, so those two, you know, Whatever it is, we can talk about it here. Yeah. And um, if we say Kmart, we say Kmart. But Kmart's not, not only the only problem. Like, no, I'm just thinking of shops that sell yeah. a lot of cheap clothes. Yeah. $5 t-shirts. Expensive stuff. <laughs> yeah, true. Stuff yeah. has become uh, disposable now. Yeah, so that's true. Yeah, something like every few weeks there's a new range of fashion. Well, that's it. Being marketed at. Yeah. So, you know, mm. hopefully... We can see more and more businesses that are building things to last, which is really the topic for our podcast today. See what I did there, John? You're amazing. I know. Thank <laughs> you. But before we get into the topic for our podcast, um, we'll tell you a little bit about Walida, our sponsor. Joe, do you want to go ahead and talk about sure. Walida a little bit? Yeah. Okay. So Walida is the body products that we prefer to use because it's all non-toxic um, and it's absolutely beautiful. Smells amazing. Um, doesn't make me sneeze. <laughs> I have to yeah. just mention that because, you know, you walk into uh, a, a small store or something and um, sometimes someone will walk past you and they have so much products on them that it actually makes me sneeze. <laughs> Sad. But um, this it's beautiful. Ascent, like It's like the botanical, pure botanicals. What do you call it? So you, you should have well, you, yeah, it. <laughs> botanical extract. So, so it's it. an all-natural range of product and um, made with botanical extracts yes. that are like, from wild-crafted, organic, biodynamically grown plants, you name it. You know, all these super sustainable uh, methods of farming and harvesting and they're picking the best stuff, putting it in products and then we just as they are, you know, like yeah. they're, they're not... That, that stuff is amazing for us. Like mm-hmm. you put it on your skin, your skin drinks food. it up and food. it's food for you. And it's it was founded by Rudolf Steiner, um, who was the father of biodynamics and Steiner education. And we love this stuff. Yeah. We'll give you a, a 10% discount. What's the code, Joe? Uh, it is Quirky Journey. So go to willida.com.au and, and get 10% off your order. If you use the coupon code Quirky Journey, I'm going to uh, get on there and get some Christmas presents. Good. It's just beautiful for presents. My mum is always you, very happy when I give her the Walida for Christmas. <laughs> the nicest, honestly, the nice, they're so nice, but like the nicest smelling one is the rose range. Oh, like so that good. is so beautiful. Have you used the rose lotion? The yeah, body lotion? yeah, that's the one I use, and the rose deodorant. I love that too. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Like even your sweat starts smelling like roses. There. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So go and support them. They're an amazing business. And the second business is Solid Technics, which we won't go into now because, of course, this is the topic of our podcast. Yeah. You can go and uh, have a listen. But um, Solid Technics, um, you can get 10% off their cr- uh, products 
on our website quirkycooking.com.au slash solid and you'll be taken to the shop with that category in there and if you apply the coupon code 10QCP you'll get 10% off mm-hmm. so Joe do you want to introduce who our guest is today? Sure so we have with us Mark from Solid Technics and he is the engineer who has been developing um, the Solid Technics range for he said he's been working on this stuff for 20 years now and I think it's only been out for maybe I don't know, three or so years, but it's a long time in learning the process to get to the stage where he was ready to create this range. And it's very, um, it's, well, I won't give it all away because it's all in the podcast, but uh, Mark has been so generous with us. Um, He sent me a pan a couple of years ago and um, I talk about it in the podcast. Um, But yeah, I very soon fell in love with the cast iron and the, um, uh, I always forget the name of the other one. Wrought iron. Thank you, wrought iron um, pans, and yeah, we use them every day here. So, all right. Yeah. So we'll, let's move on to the show, and um, we'd love to hear your thoughts on this, guys. Uh, please have a listen. This is a really interesting podcast to listen to because we go beyond just the engineering of the solid technics mm. pans and how they're made, but we delve into the ideas behind this kind of business and uh, for those of you who are looking for instance into going into business uh, we'd love to see you um, implement some of these ideas into your own business who you know like how you can implement sustainability and uh, multi-generational thinking into your products if possible Mm. Um, but also even if you're not these things are so super important to understand and learn because it'll give you an education around what you can do to make better choices when you're looking for products. Mm. And we talk about the importance of healthy cookware and um, how to discriminate in the market. And Mark is a wealth of knowledge on this topic. Mm. And uh, he also knows a lot about um, not only healthy uh, uh, pans to work with, but also the ones that perform the best in terms of heat conductivity and all that. So it's a really cool podcast, and yeah. um, I we I only thought it was going to go for like half an hour or something because I thought, oh, how long are we going to be able to talk about pans for? You know, like, <laughs> be, but it it went on for quite a while, and it was awesome. So uh, have as, a listen. As you know, and, we're pretty good at talking. So and and talk for a next long time. week. <laughs> Who's coming on next week, Joe? Next week is David um, Agius. I think you say his last name. Um, He's a canine nutritionist and we asked on Facebook and Instagram if anyone had questions about for their dogs, for feeding their dogs a healthy diet and helping them to heal naturally with food like just like people do. And he did an amazing podcast for us answering all those questions. So you don't want to miss that one if you have a dog or thinking about getting a dog. (laughs) <laughs> awesome i wasn't in on that one so um it's really i'm good. gonna be listening yeah all right well joe i'll uh, chat to you later and guys enjoy the show okay built-in obsolescence Did you know that the first light bulb that was ever invented is still shining bright? And um, since they've made that, they decided that new light bulbs to make them commercially viable for the businesses that make them need to expire after a certain amount of hours. Otherwise, there won't be enough profit for uh, these companies and uh, they want to increase their profits and to maximize it. 
So they make their products break down in order for us to buy more and throw more into landfill. But today we have uh, a very special guest with us and uh, we're going to be talking about his incredible product, which most of you have heard about and know about. Uh, this is Mark Henry from Solid Technics. Mark, hello. Hi, Fuad and Hi, Joe. Mark. So nice hey, to have you. How are you guys? <laughs> Mike, Thanks for uh, having me on the show. Yeah, we're so very cool excited. to have you and uh, all, all the way across the world. Tell us where you are. I'm in uh, Antibes in France. Lucky you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds lucky, but it's actually a lot of hard work. Yeah, I'm sure it is. It's not much difference to working in an office anywhere in the world, really. Yeah. Sounds but more you get exotic the though. In the morning, so yeah. That makes it all better. Oh, we can't complain about the food and wine. Oh, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, so we we've been uh, using your product for years now, Mark, and um, it's um, it's been a pleasure to use. And uh, we approached your business about uh, sponsoring our podcast because we've been keen to find brands that we want to align ourselves with that we feel. Uh, represent all the ethics um, that we believe in, which is um, creating health for people and to ensure that we are not um, making an unsustainable future for our planet just by consuming resources. And yeah. uh, your, your product just fits right into that category. Can you tell us a little bit about solid techniques and um, how it came about and a bit about your background, where you started and how, how you came to this place now where you're making some of the best cookware on the planet. Yeah, sure. Well, um, wow. Yeah, big <laughs> question. It sounds so easy and it looks so easy when people see finished uh, pans. It actually look quite simple. They <laughs> see them on the market and they say, well, that looks pretty easy. <laughs> uh, but, you know, like anything. How many anything, years did that, that take? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, it's been... Uh, Two decades, more wow. than two decades uh, in in the planning and uh, two decades and, to this uh, overnight success. <laughs> yeah, that's like, like most things that are interesting, right? There's a lot yeah. of hard, just plain hard work. Yeah. You know, I'm no genius, and uh, I've got no special um, rocket science or crystal ball. It's just a lot of hard work consistently mm. over decades and being open to. Um, uh, innovation and finding solutions for old problems and that's one thing you know I'm not very good at many things but that's one thing that I'm okay at is uh, <laughs> finding new solutions to old problems and I've done it a fair bit over the years so this mm. one with cookware was something that bugged me for decades because <laughs> I um you know, uh, I uh, made the Fury Knives. That was my first company. I started that when I was still at university, uh, QUT, doing the, the double degree engineering and business. Wow. But I'd already been a tradesman, uh, fit a machinist for four years of the apprenticeship and a couple of years as a tradesman before I went back to university. So I had a whole lot of practical experience with manufacturing and and materials and had an interest in cooking and new chefs and so while I was at university I invented the Fury knife the one piece knife and mm. uh, launched that company when all the chefs got excited about the uh, prototypes then that went um, you know that got pretty popular and I took it to the USA and it got crazy popular and then mm -hmm. I sold it in 2008 and had a, a bit of a break to think about you know what am I going to do next mm. 
uh, while I was in this non-compete period. And this question about the cookware kept on bugging me, you know, there's got to be a way to make a one-piece pan with no rivets and no welds and no screws. Um, and why hasn't it been done? You know, I want to get into any engineering detail at this point, but back to the, you know, that could go on for hours on end just itself. We've been warned to keep Mark's engineering talk to a minimum. So he's saying whenever I go, you know, into this kind of tangent, just pull me back. So, you know, Mark, you're doing well. Keep going. Okay. No, back on the bigger picture stuff, it was, you know, in this non-compete period, um, I uh, uh, finally came out of the non-compete and then I had an offer from my old uh, French distributors for Fury um, said, hey, don't do another brand, come and do it under our brand, a new set of knives because we've always wanted knives for our brand in France. Mm -hmm. um, so I uh, moved to France, moved the family from San Francisco to France and we um, I set up the division for them and we got the knives on the market and they've been a great success in mm. Europe in particular and uh, so they were all set up and then I said right that's it um, I've got to just uh, do this thing with the cookware and finally solve this issue um, and got into it and uh, we launched the first cast iron pans in 2014 um, manufactured in Adelaide that made them the only production cookware made in Australia um, at that point. And then we launched the wrought iron, Oz iron pans in 2015, um, and they're made in Sydney. And as you know, just a couple of months ago, we launched the stainless steel Noni pans also made in Sydney. Hello. Um, yeah, they're <laughs> a good thing. So, um, yeah, solved, took out the patents after all this, um, uh, you know, research and, trial and development and um, took out the patents for the world's first seamless one-piece production wrought pan. So mm. the whole pan is made in one piece from a single sheet and that eliminates all the joins so the thing is basically indestructible. Mm. And then if you use the right material, it's really conductive and uh, if it's um, indestructible, you can basically be sure that it's going to go on for generations and that's the other thing that was really important to me was because I've never been a real consumer and I've always hated waste you know um, so that's why when I design products they tend to go on for generations you know like my fury knives there there's 20 year old used by the mm. chefs and they're recommending them to their apprentices now so that's there's great. new generations coming through you know um, and obviously they wear out with sharpening over time but cookware shouldn't wear out if you design it right and it's hasn't got a fragile surface coating um, or fragile joints then cookware shouldn't really wear out and uh, you can see in museums around the world particularly in Europe there's still uh, pan, iron pans mm. that are 2,000 years old oh wow um, <laughs> you know and if they haven't been left in water mm. and rusted away uh, they're still great. They're good-looking pans. Imagine the seasoning on those ones. That yeah. would be incredible. <laughs> <laughs> really well like seasoned. Yeah. Uh, Mark, you mentioned the word uh, conductivity. You said that um, if it's using the right materials, uh, it'd be quite conductive. Can you explain what uh, a conductive material is or why that's important? Yeah, it's important in cooking because if anyone's had experience with um, 
um, thin and cheap stainless steel pans the way they get their hot spots you know they they're difficult to heat and they don't spread the heat evenly so they're difficult to cook with because you'll have burnt patches you'll have raw patches you know mm-hmm. um, so conductivity is really important then evenness of the conduction is important so um when you look at the scale of things, the typical stainless steel is a nickel-based austenitic stainless steel, and that's what basically everyone uses for their stainless steel pans around the world. Um, but it's a nickel-based thing, and there's a couple of problems with that. And one is that it's a really bad conductor. It's you know so bad compared to other materials that it's almost an insulator. You know, and yeah. it's very hard to get the um, the, the the heat through it and into the food. So what they've done over the decades is uh, uh, made plies or or, or um, layers of different materials to compensate for that. So they end up with a thin layer of the the uh, nickel stainless steel on the inside, then say a layer of aluminium to help uh, conduct mm-hmm. the heat because it's such a great conductor, and then say ferritic stainless steel on the outside because it's it's magnetic and it's conduct. It's compatible with induction, hmm. so then it'll work on induction. But you know what I said was, well, for our stainless steel noni cookware, why don't we just use ferritic stainless steel uh, of a very high quality that's very conductive and it's much more conductive than the nickel-based stuff, and then make it thick enough so that it conducts evenly. So you get mm. both. You get fast conduction and you get even conduction. Okay. And um, and we can do that because we've got the patterns to make it in one piece with the handle. Oh. So, you know, and, and if you see uh, in our when we launched it on Kickstarter and we launch all our new products on Kickstarter, um, we also put up a video. It's on our YouTube channel now too. Um the water boil race and we got a high a very high price high quality huh. tri-ply these multi-layer um, style pot and we got our noni single layer solid pot uh, side by side and same conditions same time we uh, boiled the same amount of water in them and um, it's really obvious that ours not only conducted faster but it conducted more evenly mm-hmm. and it reached a higher boil over the long term as well. So And the handle just goes, stays cool. And the handle stays cool that, as well. That, no that blew my mind <laughs> when I tried yeah. the noni out. I was like people, because I put a video in the Facebook groups and they're like, yeah, but that handle must be so hot. I'm like, no, look. I'm like, so I had to do another video holding it going, look, look, it's boiling in my hands <laughs> now. I'm like, what? We get that a lot. Yeah, we get that a lot because people assume, well, if you've got really conductive material, yeah, and it's all one piece, surely the heat travels up the handle, and it would if it was um, if the handle didn't have any holes in it. Okay. But we've got these carefully positioned uh, vents yeah. in the neck of the handle to help radiate a lot of heat out before it travels up the handle too far. and uh, But we've got enough strength in that area because of the depth of the way we press the handle mm. uh, to give it the strength. So, yeah, it works. And then you've also got this the skillet lid. Do you want to explain that as well? Yeah. Well, when it came to uh, making lids for our stainless steel pots, um, 
you know, because we manufacture in Australia, in Sydney, um, you can imagine the cost of our uh, labour, you know, all yeah. our input costs, the materials, uh, the regulation, everything, you know, yeah. the transport. So we couldn't make just a traditional thin stamped lid like everyone else's because it would just, it would be a very expensive lid that did nothing else, mm. you know what I mean? And we weren't willing to import cheap lids from offshore so we had to find a solution to make it in Australia and my solution was to make it do two things make it a lid but also make it a piece of cookware mm. so that's when you see the lid for the noni saucepan is actually a flat skillet at the same time um, with a, a long enough handle to use it as a either a crepe pan or a uh, just a general um, grilling skillet, you know. Are you thinking of, I don't know if this is um, out of line asking your secrets, but <laughs> are you thinking oh, of yeah. making yeah, bigger skillets out of that material? Because I find that little skillet amazing. Like it, from the very first time I use it, it doesn't stick at all. And the other day we had some leftover mashed potato and I just put a little bit of butter on the skillet and warmed it up on there. And you know what, what happens when you warm up mashed potato on a skillet? It generally just sticks. And it didn't at all. I had to send Fuad a video. I'm like, look at this. <laughs> oh, did I, Fuad? Well, don't just send the video to Fuad. Put it on your <laughs> blog. Even better. I know. Yeah, I think my amazing. stove was dirty at the time and I didn't want to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you can, you can make another nice I do it pretty again. one. I'll do it again. Awesome. Oh, it's well, she, she make me feel jealous because she, she's got that pan and she <laughs> shows don't. off to me. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll let you Oh, no, didn't we send one to you? <laughs> uh... I'm feeling so left out, Mark. I'm feeling so <laughs> terribly left out. Uh, it's all right. Now, <laughs> now I'm in trouble. I'll have to have a, a chat with my marketing. <laughs> That's all right. Karen, hey, um, yeah. if, if I want something, I could just call her. Sweet talk. Car is great. They're all great, you know, and that's that's why it can work. Um, yeah. You know, this far away, and uh, we've got great people in the factory and uh, uh, great people on the sales and marketing teams. Um, so it works. Hey, um, but you're right. People are shocked when mm. these things made in Australia, designed by an Australian, and it works so well. It just yeah. works. Beautiful. Yeah, and it, and it looks pretty and um, all that, but it just works and, and it looks simple, yeah. but people don't realise the complexity behind it to get it, it to be simple in the end. So yeah. the regular cook can just pick it up and use it and everything works. You know, that's our job as engineers to just make things work. Now, the stainless steel is um, a shock for people who are used to stainless steel not being a great conductor. Mm. Um with this new phoretic uh, material uh, in solid. But another interesting thing is, and stainless steel is fairly easy to understand apart from that, um, everyone understands that stainless steel is low maintenance and you kind of just cook with it and it's great for acidic things that might um, attack other types of materials because it's very inert, you know. Mm. Um, one of the things about the phoretic stainless steel is that it's nickel-free and um Apart from sustainability, a big thing that I'm interested in and passionate about is health. Mm. So for me, if there's a question mark on a material, I just won't use it. And mm. so that's why you'll see none of our cookware is coated in synthetic coatings, non-stick coatings. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and there's plenty of evidence out there and 
we don't need to dwell on it here. Mm. Just Google it, you know, um, dangers of synthetic nonsticks and uh, not to mention any brand names, but there's a particularly well-known um, manufacturer of stick coatings that um, was fined the biggest ever industrial um, fine at the time in the USA at their their uh, coating factory there. Oh. Um, so that's pretty interesting reading. What was the and, fine about, sorry? What, why were they fined? Uh, the EPA in the USA, at the time they were fined, that was the biggest ever corporate fine for um, uh, toxic. Uh, they basically poisoned the town, you know. <gasps> and, oh, wow. <laughs> and they were allowed to keep operating. Oh, so, yes. You know, it's crazy. Pay the fine and uh, it's a and small fraction of yeah. Yeah, a small fraction of their profit every year. They don't care. Um, And then, you know, whatever makes money, right, it's like cigarette companies Mm. or whoever Mm. else is just making stuff to make money. Yeah. In my, you know, my value system is just not good enough. Making money is not a good enough reason to do something. Mm. And, um, you know, sure, everyone's got to make money to survive and take care of the family. That's obvious. But... You know, it's got to be in something that's good for the planet and good for the people. In, well, you in know, they, they say like um, the, the benefit of industry is to, to create more jobs. And I find that these jobs are medically now um, more jobs in the medical industry, and, you know, more jo- jobs in, 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 in the cleanup from, yeah, yeah. and having to clean up all the landfill and all the toxic uh, chemicals that we throw into the into the environment. You know, that's more jobs, isn't it? Yeah. For, that's the, that's the side of effect of this kind of thing. Not the kind of jobs we want. Um, <laughs> definitely yeah, not. it's a vicious cycle. And, and to me, you know, I was, I don't know why, but as a kid I even hated waste, you know. I hated to throw things out and I hated seeing mm. things being thrown out. And I don't know where that comes from, but anyway, that's flowed through. And um, so when it comes to our products, um, even when it came to non-stick, you know, I did all the research decades ago and it only got worse as the scientists came out with their new findings, the, the real independent scientists. And I'm not a biochemist, so I can't set myself as a, up as an expert, but I'm a pretty good researcher, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and I know who to trust. And I trust the people that have got nothing to gain. Mm. They're not sponsored by corporate interests. They're doing the research because they're pure researchers mm. and that's their job. Um, so anyway, there's plenty of research out there to say just don't touch synthetic coatings mm. um, uh, because they're toxic. Then the ones that um, the ones that aren't toxic, there's some coatings coming out now that might be um, uh, ceramic or something that sounds inert, and that's great, but they're still disposable. Mm, so, that's right. They um, scratch and they, they very chip short. off. Yeah, yeah and they've got a short shelf life, and then you've got to throw them in the landfill. And they're not so cheap. That's, not, not. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, well, look at some, you know, and again, I don't name any brands, but just look through a department store and look at, um, you know, there's. Um, there's synthetic coated pans from China with a celebrity face on them, two hundred and fifty dollars. Wow! You know, sure. and it's only going to last a year, and then it goes in our landfill. It's imported. We wear it out a year, then throw it in our landfill and start again. And that's pretty insane. And yeah. it's not the way it used to be. No. You know, and 
I'm not. I, I, love, I love how like Mark is like you know it's like the Jamie Oliver brand. I'm going to say it. You know, like, <laughs> allow me to do it. You know, this is we're not a censored radio station here. We can uh, just say the truth as it is. You know, this is the um, the importance of our message. We have we are clear about it. You know, we we tell people um, what we believe they should avoid and anything that is Teflon coated. I avoid myself and anything like I would never allow my family to eat off it. I just wouldn't do it. Uh, so, yeah. So, um, I know usually people try to, to avoid mentioning brands or technologies like that, but, um, this, this is what's going on. We avoid these things ourselves, but, um, yeah, this is important role that you've got. And, and it's great that you, um, and you've got this following of people who trust you because you've got knowledge to share, and that's that's great. It's a little bit different for me because I'm saying yeah. something. You know? Yeah, so, you got to be careful. And I even say, you know, I wrote an article. Yeah, um, I wrote an article on um, the Madrid statement. Um, that's a good one to Google. The Madrid statement on okay. on uh, synthetic. Uh, um, non-sticks and um so i wrote a blog just to announce to spread the news on that um announcement by 200 independent scientists who said yeah just don't touch this stuff anymore it's and they all signed it because they mm, thought wow. it was time to make a stand finally against the corporate interests so anyway and the title of my article was don't believe us, we've got something to sell. Believe these 200 <laughs> independent scientists, you know. Yeah, that's and that's, that's why I don't mention brands because people say, yeah, but you're just in yeah. business. You, yeah. you know, you're trying to sell stuff. But if people know us and know our vision, yeah, I didn't start this company to make money, you know. And I, I often <laughs> tell people to, you know, they sometimes get the same idea about us. Oh, but they're your sponsor or whatever. Well, I have to say, you sent me. When was the first pan that you sent me? That would have been two years ago or so, maybe more. Uh, about two. Or a bit over, that, yeah. And I, so I got the pan, and I was like, "Oh, what's this? It can't be any good. It's not. It's just Australian." No, I didn't quite think that. It's just that I had my, I had my grandmother's. Some of these think about that. Yeah, yeah, I had my grandmother's cast iron pans, and you know what? They're like this. Like this season to like they like glass. They're from America, yeah. and I was like, yeah. it can't be as good as my grandma's pans. And it, and so I didn't mention it for ages. But the more it seasoned, I was like, wait a minute, this is awesome. Yeah. And then I started yeah. talking about it. So it wasn't about money for us either. You know, we were just blown away by the quality ourselves. So there you go. Yeah, well, I knew it wasn't about money because I didn't pay you any money. No, that's right. <laughs> we'll just say everyone else and that's, knows. And that's how we're, I think that's how we're um, building this brand yeah, so solidly and so Slowly and quickly. properly. Yeah, we've got so many experts and top chefs and food bloggers and even just regular cooks all saying the same thing. Yeah. Hey, this stuff works and it's the best I've ever cooked on. Yeah. And it's made in Australia and it lasts for centuries and it's healthy and non-toxic. Mm. So, yeah, and there's not non-stick, you know. Yeah. Like that's that's a really thing like important thing to to say because yeah. people now they've lost that ability they to season it. pans and mm. they don't know what, you know, they think that if doesn't have Teflon coating, it's going to stick. If it doesn't have ceramic coating, it's going to stick. Mm. Yeah. But these pans, once you've used them time and time again, the fat reacts with the metal and it creates a non-stick coating and it yeah. uh, things, natural. 
just a natural non-stick. It doesn't it's just a real off. pleasure to use. And doesn't scratch off because it's mm. interesting that it's and it's been uh, you know done for two thousand years since iron pans have been made. So we didn't invent that. And as Joe knows with her U.S. history, mm. um, the southerners in the USA have just kept on using cast iron. Yeah. You know for centuries they haven't stopped. Yep. Most of the rest, and the Scandinavians, most of the rest of the world, and I'm talking bare cast iron that you see, is not enamel cast iron yep. in the French style, but bare cast iron in our style and the US and the Scandinavian style. But um, um, Aussies uh, and most of the, uh, and the UK and et cetera, um, and most of Europe, they uh, were, were taught to forget about that knowledge, that simple knowledge that all our grandmas once knew about mm. how to season an iron pan to have a non-toxic, non-stick pan that never wears out and never loses its non-stick. Mm. We were all convinced to forget that by the marketers and the importers of these wonder coatings, you know, these space yeah. age coatings. And we all remember the advertising and it's still going on and they're still allowed to do it. Yeah. <laughs> You know, so yeah. anyway, we're, we're just reminding people of this old knowledge that was lost in Australia and in a lot of other countries that, no, you just go ahead and with most oils and um, with enough temperature, um, you can create your own nonstick coating on bare iron mm. and uh, you can go ahead and use metal utensils and yep. and, the, and it, the, it self-heals, you know, mm. because it will always add more seasoning over the scratches. Yep. Um, and just don't put it in a dishwasher and just don't scrub it all off and away you go. It's yeah. that simple. Yep. Yeah, I've been I've been using uh, like detergent on mine to clean it, and it's, it hasn't gone off. Like I know, Joe, you worry about using detergent to pit with it. Yeah, um, yeah. I guess it depends oh, how yeah. how well seasoned it is. Does it, Mark? Yeah. 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 If it starts out pretty thin, or or when it's new, and as you know, all these things they just get these uh, seasoned pans just get better with time. So mm -hmm. um, we show people on our videos on our website and on YouTube how to season them to speed up the process. Mm. You can radically speed up the process by doing some extra things before you start cooking. But the old school way is you just start cooking yeah. uh, and the fats and oils will work their magic if you don't scrub it all off. Mm. So we tend to say don't use detergent because you can scrub too much off mm. and go backwards a bit. Yeah, that's um, that's exactly what happened with me. It, it took a while until it got built up, and during that time, I couldn't use detergent because it used to sort of scrub it off. Mm -hmm. But now that it's well established there, if I've cooked something like, especially say eggs, which can be a bit smelly in the pan, like right. a little bit of detergent, just a little drop, you know, that's all it needs, and you can just yeah. clean it, and and it's fine because it's really like mine has gone super black now, and. Mm. Um, it's just yeah. uh, almost re reflective, almost. And that's yeah. not even nice. – I'm still using the 26-centimeter skillet that you sent me before you created that new technology where you have those um, – you know, you uh, – yeah, the satin finish. So I was, yeah, I'm right. not using the satin finish. And even that one is amazingly seasoned. It's yeah. Phenomenal. Oh, they, yeah. They work as well, the smooth, original wrought iron pans mm. that we made. Um, as you know, the satin finish is really just a great shortcut to mm. cling on. To, and to hold the seasoning so it's easier to maintain but yeah the smooth ones get there in the end yeah. uh, you know what I love about them is that they they wrought iron are just 
they have that same con- conductivity of heat as um, uh, the um, sorry the cast iron, but they just weigh so little. So my wife would never use any cast iron cookware because she thinks it's too heavy, and then she doesn't want to sort of carry it and put it in the you know cupboard and take it out, and it's just too much for her. She just yeah. wants something light, and that's yeah. why I love that twenty-six centimeter uh, wrought iron skillet. It's just yeah. it's got all those good qualities, but it's just so lightweight. Like what is it? Yeah. Is it a third of the weight or something? Huh? Like, uh, at least depends yeah. on the model and and. Yeah etc but at least half the weight mm. and sometimes yeah. more sometimes less but you can easily say half the weight and yeah. it's interesting it's exactly what you said it's got all the benefits of cast iron but it's half the weight so we had a, a lot of success when we launched them in the usa by saying just that yeah. hey just treat it cast iron but it's half the yeah. weight yeah so tell us about how it's going in the u.s yeah going well we're um Despite our, our cost over there, I mean, we're really expensive in the USA because, of course, we've got an importer mm. and distributor. So all these extra margins um, add to the retail price. So, and, and Americans are the world's best shoppers. They always love a good deal, you know. So they're yeah. wondering why our. Where's our the coupon? <laughs> yeah, the coupons. <laughs> the coupon. you know? yeah. Paul always laughs how I say that. <laughs> so it says coupon, not coupon. coupon. Oh, sorry, coupon. I was a coupon. raised by Americans, okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not sorry for you, I'm sad for you. Joe no, <laughs> <laughs> oh, has the best thing. parents on the planet. People. But when I first met them, they were like full on Texan. They're like, hello there. I'm like, oh my God, what happened there? You know, like, just, yeah. I said, I told you, you know. my parents were American. He's like, they're, yeah, but you can't. They're like, you can't they're really Americans. No, you just never, you can't expect it because when you talk to Joe, Joe sounds so Australian. You go, like, if I told you, you know, like when you meet my parents and I've got this Lebanese accent, but my parents are going to have like a full on American accent, would you believe me? Or like, it just would not register, you know? So, yeah, just a shock value. Yeah. Especially the um, Southern. No. So, no, US is good, but we're too expensive. Um, so, you know, we'll always be a niche brand. Yeah. We'll never be mainstream, even in Australia, where uh, our prices are fairly competitive, but we'll never match the cheapest. Asian imports, you know, for $15 a pan, that's the mass market. In the, My you know, that's, comparison, that's though, like, am I allowed to say names? Okay, well, when I first started trying to get away from that cheap and nasty Teflon, I went to ScanPan yeah. and I was like, right, this is going to last me for years. And I think it lasted me less than a year before the coating started to come off. Um, maybe I did something wrong, but... Um, that yeah. was more expensive than your pans, I'm pretty sure. Anyway, yeah, they're more was, expensive yeah, in general. And, and they're not going to last, like most people that I talk to, you know, have done the same thing, probably used the heat too high on them or something, but they just haven't mm-hmm. lasted. So, no, well, yeah. I wouldn't, uh, and, you know, again, not to mention any brands on my side, but <laughs> <laughs> Australia is one of the few places in the world where the population has been convinced to spend you know, hundreds, $250 yeah. on a skillet yeah. that's got a non-stick coating that will only last a couple of years, yeah. even if you treat it well. Okay. Um, so it wasn't just me? So <laughs> not just you. I'm, I'm just used to cast iron and that's what I love. Yeah, and they're not the only brand. There's plenty of expensive 
uh, synthetic coated brands, and then people come out and say, "Hey, but ours has got diamond, or ours has got yeah. titanium reinforcement, but it's all the same stuff." Okay. Yeah, and a good example was. Oh, it sounds delicious, by the way. All yeah. sounds like <clears throat> it's going to be really healthy In for me to to compete. <laughs> yes, yeah, <laughs> sprinkle some titanium on my uh, on my salads. Or diamond. <laughs> I mean, diamond's pretty cool. <laughs> well, it sounds high tech, or diamonds sound great. But then another thing is, um, you know, the the Aussies all fell for the infomercials with the stuff mm, that was. Yes. Um, yeah, meant to have rocks in it. Yes, and, that's what uh, I was sure going to ask you about that one. Oh man, what a scam! And um, what's yeah. what's the infomercial? I don't, sorry, no, I it's the blue know. stone. The blue stone finish. That one. Yeah, there's been all sorts of brand names and finishes and colours, and uh, but it's meant to look like stone. But uh, the problem is, people got the impression it really was a stone coating. But what they didn't realise was it was all the same. Um, stuff it just happened to have that appearance or that addition of small particles right. of uh, like material uh, but the whole matrix hanging onto it was all the same stuff as the other non-stick pans so you either have them with yes. the ceramic base with chips of stone or you have them with the um, the, the completely synthetic non-stick mm. base with chips of stone or chips of whatever you still got the same thing and there's yeah. a very small advantage. So, you know, and what we say is, hey, you know, we understand the convenience of yeah. these nonstick pads and that's great. You know, if you can pull it out of the box and use virtually no oil and it doesn't stick, that's really nice. But is it worth it mm. for the risk and the environmental damage and then just the sheer waste of yeah. uh, replacing these things? Yeah, it's, you know, versus what you guys know and I know and everyone who loves our, our, our iron cookware knows, it is so simple and it's just becomes a kitchen habit yeah. to maintain your own nonstick pan forever. I think also with the whole low-fat scare thing, people were trying to have no fat in their cooking and that's when Teflon really yeah. became popular. And I, I'm hoping that as the tide turns and people realize, well, actually, it's good to have some fat in your cooking, they'll go, you know what, these pans that we did away with need a comeback. <laughs> yeah. It's fine to use some fat in your cooking. And I always say to people, um, just keep the heat low and put plenty of fat in there with your eggs and, it's, and you won't have any trouble. Yeah, but no, you're right. People got too scared of fat, but mm. that's like all the fads that are out there. And I always say, you know, it's great that there's experts like you in Australia to help guide people because you do the research and you've got the experience to drill down and avoid all the fatty stuff mm. and just find the the core um, uh, reliable stuff, you know, yeah, and, and just good, solid, reliable info. Uh, but, you know, everyone's looking for a pill. They want mm. a magic, you know, 10-minute exercise and a pill yes, and easy. nothing else. Well, <laughs> our message is always centered around, you know, looking at what our ancestors have done because yeah. that's been tried and tested and uh, yeah. like literally tested for thousands of years on the human population. And uh, yeah. if it was unhealthy for us, then we just gave it up. Like we, if it was toxic, we didn't consume it unless it was, yeah. you know, addictive in nature, like alcohol or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah. Because it was, uh, you know, people enjoyed it, but there had to be like an upside to it. But um, with yeah. cookware, we've all, always gone for the stuff cookware that you're making these days. Uh, so this yeah. is um, this is just important for people to go back to because if they stand on that foundation, it's very easy for them to discriminate fad 
from uh, you know fiction and truth, really. Yeah, and you're so right. Like, it's that simple. Mm. It is. Um, yeah. yeah, and the way I eat and the way our family eats is. Um, uh, as much as possible, we just don't touch anything that's processed. We don't yeah. care how good the marketing campaign is. Mm. If there's been a, a big corporate factory set up uh, to artificially um, create food at a low cost, it do, I don't care how much they tell me how healthy it is. I'm just not going to believe it. Mm. And I might be wrong 1% of the time, but I don't care because that generalization is stopping me 99% of the time from that's eating right. crap that's going to mm, do me damage. Right. Mm. So I, I eat what my great-grandparents eat as much as possible, whole foods with minimum of uh, interference. Yep. It's that simple. Yep. That's so the same uh, with cookware and any product. That's exactly right. We also do um, – we have another sponsor, Mark, which does uh, natural body care. They're called Willida. And uh, we love them too. I'll, I'll get them to send um, a care pack for you with their natural body care products. But yeah. this kind of stuff is uh, sort of infiltrated all our, um, you know, all sides of our living. You know, so our water is contaminated, our, our shampoo, yeah. our, our toothpaste, our, um, you know, uh, lotions and um, our cookware is killing us now. You know, <laughs> the clothes that we put on our body are sp- sprayed with pesticides. It's just, you know, an on- ongoing chemical onslaught. And really, you know, we're, we're trying to call for sanity and sustainability. How, how do you uh, how do you weigh this out, this, um, you know, how... In the face of um, corporate greed, which always demands more and more uh, people to buy more and more of your product and continuously do so, when you make a product like yours, which you know a, a family will only have to buy this once for itself and they'll never have to do that again, and um, they yeah. pass it down to their children, um, how do you how do you grow your business? How do you see that growth going on and to continue to make it successful? And how do you measure success for your business? Uh, good question. Um, well said, because um, one clue I gave you was, uh, and you know me anyway by now, but mm-hmm. one clue early in the in the chat was I didn't start this business to make money. Now, um, of course, I've got to survive like everyone else. I'm not rich, so I need a certain small income to survive, but I don't need stuff. I don't want more stuff, you know, so I don't need to go buying stuff. Um, I've got enough tools to survive you know mm. <laughs> and the less the better um, but um, the point I'm trying to make is when I started this business I had years to sit down and say what is really important to me for the rest of my life you know it was, it was kind of like I guess it was a, a, almost a midlife crisis I'd done well in the corporate sense and and that was all great but it wasn't good enough you know so how do I best look after my family for the rest of my life? And then, not just my life, but how do I leave a legacy for future generations? And I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about stuff that's more important than money. Mm. So <clears throat> I had enough time to sit down, had the luxury of time to sit down and say, right, this next time around is no joke. This is it. I'm going to do something that will see out the rest of my life and then something that can be handed on if not physically, at least as inspiration for future generations. Mm. And so, you know, that's why my cookware, it comes with a multi-century warranty. And after people stop laughing and think about it, <laughs> they say, 
Yeah, it's one piece of really tough material. It actually can't be broken. Yeah. So it will, you know, it'll go on for centuries, and that's why we engrave the date of manufacture on every pan so that it can be handed down for many generations. And, you know, these pans that you guys are cooking in, one day in 500 years' time or maybe even a 1,000 years' time, someone's going to be cooking on that exact pan and looking at that date and yeah. thinking about all the family history and all the traditions of health and uh, shared uh, table that have been ha uh, handed down for generations with yeah. that one pan on the stovetop. Yeah. So that inspires me because I hope that in future people will see that at some point people stood up and said, hey, we don't want disposable junk anymore. Mm. We want sustainable stuff that's also healthy and we won't compromise. So, you know, if we've got to, you know, think a little bit more, put in a bit of extra work and, and spend a bit of extra money in the beginning and set ourselves up not just for our lifetime but for future generations, it is possible with some products and, you know, fortunately we found a way to do it. Um, so that's part of my value system and um, I have regularly have business people say to me, yeah, but your business model is really crap because, like <laughs> you said, once you sell one to everyone, you're going to have no repeat business. And I say my response is, well, then my job's done because Aww, that's awesome. if, well, you know, and it's what else do I want the money for? You know, yeah. why do I want all this repeat business if I'm doing damage? Yeah to the planet for future generations. How can I look my kids in the eye and then my grandkids and and say um, I did damage just to make more money for more flat screen TVs and SUVs or whatever the, the crap that people spend this, this money on um, beyond obviously looking after the family and security and food and a bit of fun um, is just too much crap that people don't need and they're doing a lot of damage to get that stuff. Yeah. And like you said, the big industry is cleaning up the damage now, but, you know, why not just not do the damage in the first place? <laughs> We'd all be better off. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah. look back at all those years I've thrown at Teflon-coated uh, cookware when I just wasn't aware of how bad they were. And every time I threw it out, even though I wasn't as environmentally conscious as I was now, I was just felt so upset because Same. first of all it came out and, and like yeah. so much boxes and plastic anyway when I first unwrapped oh. it and then there was more of that going into landfill and you know what happens to it it's just yeah and waste just have sources un waste unbelievable food. waste unbelievable and like for in my lifetime I look back and regret and all at all the wrong decisions that I made unconsciously and I wish yeah. I'd known better and um, I think you know this is why there's so much synergy with solid techniques and what we do at Quirky Cooking is because we're really talking about the same message. We mm. we want the same thing to happen in all aspects of our life, not you know just the food and not just the cookware. And um, it's just it's hard to find people like you, Mark. You know, it's hard it's hard to find uh, businesses that are making yeah. that uh, difficult decision to not be as profitable as possible and to, to yeah. actually, um, you know, yeah, be the right. best for the planet. So you're right, and, and and you know, we surprise people, and and it's kind of depressing that we are so surprising to people when mm. when people say, "Hey, you're so unique," and oh, we're kind of shocked that you're um, looking after us and looking after future generations and not chasing the profit as your first goal. Mm. And people are shocked, but they shouldn't be shocked. I want yeah. that to be the normal. 
and the people who are only in business for profit and doing damaging things just for profit, they should be abnormal and yeah. they should be shut down. So, yeah. you know, we're at the start, what you're doing and what I'm doing, there's a few other, well, quite a few other businesses, but it's still a small niche, uh, but it is growing and, and I want to be part of that change in that paradigm shift where people start thinking about the future and they're voting with their wallet. So in other words, mm. you know, instead of complaining about businesses and governments and all the bad things they're doing to the planet, take personal responsibility. And every time you spend your money, you're casting a vote for who yeah. you want to be uh, stay in business. Yeah. You're voting them exactly. into business. And, you know, if you complain about imports or complain about junk, then walk down the shop, the supermarket aisle and put those in your trolley well, you've just sustained them mm. You're, because they're not going to stop making what's selling. You know, we just know human nature. A lot of these people just don't care if they're making money. They're just going to keep doing it no matter what the consequences. Yeah. So if we're giving them the money, they're just going to keep doing it. And the governments want the taxation, so they're not going to stop the businesses. And we saw that with the... Uh, you know, unnamed uh, <laughs> uh, coatings company in the USA who were allowed to keep operating despite the damage and the ongoing evidence stacked against them. So anyway, it's our personal responsibility is what I really feel. That's one of the messages I want to get across to people to just think before they spend because their vote is powerful. Um, the other message, and, you know, it's too early for us to start preaching too much because we're so tiny, you know, <laughs> but as we get bigger and, and get a bigger following, I want to start talking like this more often yeah. because I know that people listen at that point. But what I want to also be doing is inspiring other small businesses to take on the big importers to with innovations that aren't doing damage and to give people the option to, you know, and of course it'll be maybe a bit more artisanal and it'll be a bit more expensive. But as people become more aware, they're going to, uh, intentionally choose those products even though they're spending more money mm. um, they're going to choose those and so they're going to vote those into existence and they'll be viable <laughs> oh, cute one of yours it's not one of mine it's bedtime and she's uh, <laughs> running yeah, around crazy she's just gone, yeah. mine or at school so this is the, the the reason why we usually you know uh, do podcasts at around midday sorry we don't we don't care honestly we're so casual in our podcast it's good to have a bit of kid yeah. noise <laughs> uh, I, well, I, something I can sure. tell you, midday for me would be a pretty bad timing. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> thank, you for, thank you for bending the schedule. But anyway, that, that's the kind of legacy. See, we've got we got kids, right? So we get it. Where where uh, it's not good enough just to put clothes on them and you know send them off into the world. Um, we've got to be thinking about what they teach their kids mm. and uh, and so on down the generations. And it's a huge responsibility that I think. A lot of people take too lightly. They think uh, just one generation is enough or at the extreme. Um, yeah. Some people think, well, just I'm going to grab as much as I can for myself personally and, yeah. and everyone else can go to buggery. Yeah. But um, fortunately, things are changing and I want to be really a part of that change and uh, yeah. inspire some others eventually. I think the, the Native Americans, Mark, used to 
I was saying that you, you should consider the results of your actions down to this to seven generations from now. Wow. Yeah. Seven generations. Mm. That's how far down they thought. Joe, you're part Native American, aren't you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. So, so, um, so this well, is and the, the kind of sustainable. To have. That's right. Yeah. Look how sustainable that would be if people didn't come in and uh, take over your country to turn into a different model. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And in the long run, it's starting to look like, um, you know, who were the smart ones in the long run? Yeah. The ones with all the technology and the damage or the ones with the sustainable, uh, low-key um, yeah. impact. Mm. Or it wasn't all about so, <laughs> I know, and it's it's a real shame, but that's the value system that's grown up, and uh, there's something in human nature that's really highly valued. That unfortunately, yeah. but here's here's an interesting stat for you guys. There are no stats written that I can find, but here's some easy um, assumptions to make. In Australia, this is just Australia. Um, there's a bit over eight million households, right? So mm-hmm. eight million kitchens. So if um, 90% or even to be generous, 80% of those kitchens have a non-stick pan of some sort. And uh, if we're generous again and say that they might last five years on average, um, you know how many pans that means are being imported and then thrown in the um, landfill every year? Oh, I hate to think. About yeah. 1.2 million. Whew. 1.2 million just in Australia coming in and on the boats and going. I guarantee it's more as well. Five years is oh really generous. Sometimes six months for most people. Yeah, oh yeah. There you go. So even with those Mm. generous assumptions, 1.2 million pans imported because there's no non-stick pans made in Australia. We're the only, we're actually the only production cook and manufacturer left in Australia. Wow. And we don't make, so everything's imported. That is going into the landfill, all this toxic stuff. Now, if you multiply that by at least 10 for the USA and by maybe three for the UK, you start to get an idea of the, the size of this waste and damage. Anyway, that's an interesting stat for you. Mm. Um, Mike, do you want to tell us what you've got working in the pipeline at the moment? What's, what's next for Solid Techniques? You're always oh. innovating. Yeah, always innovating. Um, <laughs> I got stuff I'm working on that won't be seen for five years or oh, wow. you know, three years and two years there's a whole stream coming and uh, some it. of the stuff is difficult and takes longer. Um, some of the stuff is a bit too weird and we don't want to freak everyone out in the <laughs> first couple of years so we'll leave it a bit longer but and build up that trust and build up that community that we're working on now. Um, build the movement of people who agree with our philosophy and then we can start to be a bit more adventurous with uh, things that haven't been seen before. But, you know, what's what's happening right now is, as you know, we had to stop making the cast iron, unfortunately, in Australia. Yeah. Did, you, did you give me an extra big skillet, by I the did. way? You, I did. Oh, Oh, you found. I ordered. Oh, I ordered a box of four. (laughs) Oh oh, well. My nephew Um, said I need one of those, and my my sister and Fuad, and I was just like, I just got to have an extra one just in case. I'm sure my eldest daughter, when she leaves home, will want it. Yeah. Yeah. It it was that last batch went so fast because it came as a surprise. In the end, we thought we had a lot more time. We could eventually make it work, but in fact. 
our factory just could not make it work. And uh, we were all absorbing massive losses as we're trying to uh, uh, eventually make it work, but we just couldn't. So we had to close that down and um, discontinue the cast iron, sadly. Hmm. Uh, So ones that are out there. Well, the new ones, like you said, they season just the same. So, yeah, we just have to get used to those ones. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's just a, a learning process. Yeah. I mean, um, our wrought iron pans are actually, actually technically, technically they're much better than the cast iron. Mm-hmm. Um, they conduct better. They uh, conduct more evenly. They're half the weight. They season the same. They've got the same healthy nonstick and all that. So technically they're much better, but people don't know about wrought iron as much as they have heard yeah. about cast iron. So that's our challenge. Yeah. Um, so we're sad to see the cast iron go. But also at the same time, we know we've actually got a better alternative in the wrought iron once mm-hmm. people get used to it. Yeah. Uh, and it's actually what the chefs have always preferred. So um, we're kind of bringing that chef knowledge to the Yeah, well, you know, you can you can toss the food, you know, you can, like, it's not going to break your arm doing it. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just, exactly. Yeah. Well, that's that's my weightlifting for the day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's about yeah. the only weightlifting I ever do. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, you know, and, and the top chefs have always used French steel pans, so we've just uh, done something a bit like that, but better cool. um, in Australia. So there's that. Um, the, keep expanding that range. We've got a Kickstarter running right now for two new pans that are really cool. And I know, um, Joe, you've been trying cooking them out. On, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm yeah. loving the big. Is it bigger skillet? I think that's what it's called. Bigger. Bigger skillet. Bigger skillet. Yeah, loving yeah. it. I'm still, like you say, I haven't, um, like you were saying earlier, um, you can just start cooking with them, but seasoning is better. And I've done a couple of seasons, one in the barbecue and a couple in the oven and on the stovetop, mm-hmm. and it's it's getting there. And it's, um, I did a video, I think it got posted on your page the other day with the eggs. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. And Great. It's, Thank it's, you for that. No worries. It was just, um, I didn't think it would be ready for eggs, but I was just going to risk it. <laughs> and yeah. it did it was great an experiment yeah I can't help myself <laughs> no, I, just, I want to get cooking with it <laughs> uh, so go. I couldn't wait to and, like if, and eggs are usually the biggest challenge but yeah. you just keep the temperature down and keep yeah. them moving and it's no trouble yeah it was great I love it so we'll keep uh, expanding that wrought iron range and um, we'll launch and new pan with new features and something interesting every few months on mm-hmm. Kickstarter. And as you know, we always launch our first stuff on Kickstarter because it's um, our chance to test it, you know, and people yeah. get to give us their feedback. And I mean, if it bombed out of Kickstarter, then we'd say, okay, we just won't invest in that and won't make mm. it to retail or export. But they've all been successful. And this is our, actually our 11th, wow. our 11th Kickstarter. That's and uh, kind of specialty products this time so it's not quite as big as the last couple Um, but it's shown that it's a a good uh, way to launch it to the people then the Noni stainless steel range the Fridic stainless steel uh, we've got a lot of new models coming out in that next year oh that's exciting yeah um, Mm. that's a good one the retailers are pretty keen to get their hands on that our big challenge is just how to reduce the cost of the stuff you know the um, it's very expensive the Mm. manual um, surface finishing in Australia is the killer. Okay. Um, so we're working on that to try and get the cost down. Um, 
But so as the cost comes down, I guess we'll uh, be able to expand it more quickly and they'll get out there more quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and if the cost doesn't come down, then like we've said to some people online, they've said, yeah, but why is your stuff expensive? We say, well, have a look at just compare it to the imports and we're actually not that expensive. But okay. that's all we can do with price because mm. – um, of the high cost of manufacturing in Australia. And in the end, we're not going to go to Asia. We're not going to go to low-cost countries. We own the patent, so we could do it. Mm. Um, but we're not going to do it because um, we want to do it uh, the old-fashioned way. I love that. You could say. <laughs> yeah. That's good. And it's, and it's not a nationalistic pride thing. We're not. That's not our politics. We're not talking about nationalism. We're just talking about, in my view, um, semi-artisan making stuff locally close to your population mm-hmm. um, with people that you know and trust is more humane than the new corporate model of hey let's just import lots of low cost stuff and slap our brand on it yeah, and um, not care about the inputs and mm-hmm. what happens to it in the end so anyway and mm-hmm. um, then we've got um, we're going to start uh, well we've been working on it for ages but it's looking like we're uh, coming closer to a launch date for our knife range, Solid oh. Technics knife. Ooh, awesome. Exciting. Yeah, that'll be different. Mm. That's one of those things that uh, will be a bit of a shock for the industry, but we've <laughs> uh, got patents pending on something really interesting in knife. Oh. Did you say I, March? I can't wait to see it. I'm a, I'm a bit of a, a knife, buff. knife collector. <laughs> I, love, uh, yeah. I love them. So yeah. we'll wait till you see these. Oh, this we're is awesome. like we're excited. <laughs> yeah. That's great. So lots of things happening, uh, but all true to the vision, and that vision statement's been on the front page of our website since day one. And that's, uh, you know, we're doing things, we'll only do things that last for multi- multiple centuries. We'll only do things that are the world's first of their kind, the world's best of their kind, and we'll um, manufacture locally, close to the population wherever possible. Love it. Beautiful. Uh, Mark will be putting links to your website and to the Kickstarter campaign um, in the show notes. So people will be able to go there and support you and get a bit more of an idea of what it is that is on Kickstarter and uh, see how they can support you. And, and dear listeners, we encourage you to go out and support this incredible business. Mm. Um as you can tell, this is the kind of business that you do want to support and it's the kind of product you want at home. So it's a, really a win-win for uh, both Solid Technics and yourselves. If you don't have the product at home already, we've been using it for, uh, personally, over a year and a half for myself. Mm-hmm. Joe, has it been two years for yeah, you? Yeah, a couple of years at least, yeah. And it's getting better with use. Yeah. Incredible. And um, really, there's no reason for you not to go and get it. We also have a 10% off discount uh, on our website. We've started stocking the Solid Techniques uh, pans. We have uh, three of their pans on our website. So uh, you'll be able to get- <laughs> That's great. God <laughs> well, sent me the link just before the show and I was like, oh my goodness, when did you do that? I didn't know it was up. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. They just arrived into the warehouse today. So as you know, Very exciting. You know a few hours before you came on, on air, with us, we wow. got an email saying that they've been received into the warehouse. So um, we're, yeah, we, as usual, offer a 10% off to our uh, followers with Solid Techniques. 
Uh, you can buy them off our website now. So you can head on to quirkycooking.com.au slash solid, or you can go to the uh, shop cookware uh, link in our menu on, on the blog and you'll be able to get there. And if you use the coupon code 10QCP, you'll get 10% off. Uh, shipping is flat rate, $10 for the first item and then $3 for any subsequent item. Uh, you may as well buy our cookbook while you're there if you haven't done that already. <laughs> <laughs> and um, uh, Mark, any uh, parting words before we let you go back to your uh, f French autumn day? <laughs> wow, <Yes. lovely. laughs> yeah um well all i can say is thank god or or whoever it is thank uh karma let's say that, god let's use that word yeah. the gods and whatever that means for anyone uh just uh, i'm so thankful that you guys exist and oh. a, a lot of people like you are doing what you're doing in the world today um it's really gives me great hope for the future and um and uh, you know i think it really is the start of a movement that's unstoppable mm. it's just uh we're kind of at the start of it um we just want this to be mainstream mm. we want us to not be unusual in the future we want us to be mainstream so yeah thank you for doing all that you're doing it's it's a very important Uh, work for the future. Thank you for doing you, all Mark. you're doing. Wow. An ethical uh, business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Well, many thanks for having me on, and you both have a great night there. You too. Thank oh, you, great day, I should say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks. I look forward to seeing you back there next trip. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. Okay, guys. See you then. Bye. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.